place for goal! And finishes off the PSG victory! Le décès lancé, Nuno Mendes va vite, Nuno Mendes passe devant trois d'ordres! Le tir! Oh, il est bon celui-là! Le but de Nuno Mendes! Oh, what a world-class save from Gianluigi Donnarumma! Magnifique! Vitinha, la finition clinique! Hello and welcome to PST Review, a show so happy about the return of Ligan and our rejuvenated club, uh, also known as the show with a lot of potential, much like our squad on the pitch against Lorient, but hopefully a slightly better end product. And what would PST Review be without the obligatory Kylian Pape update? He's not the one to be sidelined from the conversation, even if he has been sidelined from the team itself, but this Sunday morning, which is today as I'm recording, I woke up to news that he has in fact been reinstated in the main team and that he has had some positive talks with Nasser Khalifi. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, but perhaps even as far as an extension. Uh, what kind of extension and for how long, that's not fully clear. I think the conversation is only starting. And of course, if it's only one year extension, we will find ourselves in the same exact situation next summer. Two summers with the price of one for us supporters of this unpleasantness, but of course also what is important for the club and the player is to get past this deadlock we have found ourselves in. It has not been great. A lot of power gains from all sides and a great distraction to the preseason and transfer window, which otherwise has been quite exciting with new coach, new ideas, new very young and promising players and essentially the type of changes that Bappe himself had reportedly asked for. We have essentially built a squad for him, but his approach has left him out of it. Now, it seems that he could be reconsidered and it brings up a question. Has this been his master plan all along? Is this what he thought to be the only way to get his way as far as PSG squad building goes? I don't have the right answer to that, of course, and I must say, if this is all part of the plan, it has been a very ice-cold plan that has put us through a nightmare summer, but with or without him, we have the players we do now. We get into all of that later, but I also don't want to sideline the beginning of the season just because Arkillian has been maneuvering in silence, if that's what this is all about. It could also be just general chaos, and this is the incidental outcome of it. Great to have you listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mikko, and you can find and follow me online at PSG Helsinki or email psghelsinki at gmail.com. Subscribe, like, share, rate, review, and thanks if you already have done one or all of those things even. And thank you very much for being with me right now. During the last week, there's been some bombshells about Neymar and Verratti. We get into that. Usman Dembele has joined us officially now. And when you do these types of podcasts, as I do, you have to make peace with the fact that between pressing the record button and publishing the episode, everything may have changed in the meantime. And that's the nature of it. So who knows what the deal is when you are listening to this. But we need to anchor each episode into some point in time and analyze the events and ideas based on the available information. We already started pondering a bit about what's happening with Pape this week. More of him later also, but of course we have to start from Parc de France. Last night, as I record this on Sunday, PSG started the new campaign against FC Lorient. The park was in full pomp and splendor with ultras creating the atmosphere we have become used to and while there's been a lot of uncertainty around the squad, PSG was feeling a very competitive first 11 on the pitch. 
a lot of first timers to be precise we had six league on debutants including the entire front three not just playing their first proper competitive match with PSG but also in league on in general which of course won't be the case uh, for our latest signing which was announced too close to the match and that's Usman Dembele who played 26 matches for Stadaren 2015-2016 season before moving to Dortmund and then to Barcelona. Uh, same applies to Randal Kolomuani who has been rumored to come but That, of course, is far from reality. Still, there are no confirmations of his arrival, but he could come and he has 79 matches with Nantes between 2018 and 22. So he too would be having some league on experience should he come. Uh, but back to this match at hand. It was Donnarumma in goal, Hakimi, Danilo, Skriniar and Hernandez as back four. Midfield with Vitinha, Ugarte and Warren Sher, Emery and front three was Asensio, Gonzalo Ramos and Lee Kang in. PSG was incredibly dominant on the ball. The quarter of an hour, the ball possession to our red and blue was over 90% and Lorient really didn't get to touch the ball very much at all. The, the other side of the coin, of course, was that there were hardly any very good chances. But what do you expect when the front line are virtual strangers at this point? Uh, Gonzalo Ramos was good, very promising, I think. But he's been in Paris for a few days and practiced with the team maybe a handful of times. So these things, they will take quite a lot more time, certainly a little bit more than what he has had. And I'm not here to give you any kind of blow-by-blow reenactment of the full match, but here are the main talking points. The take-home message is that this team has incredible potential and a lot of intensity, especially in pressing. That was absolutely wonderful to see, and everyone on the pitch pitched in with that. We had no walkers in the mix, which is a nice and welcome change. Uh, Those are the big positives in general. And here's the caveat, and it's hardly surprising, but what we don't yet have is routine or any type of automatism. I I mean, that's very obvious and unsurprising. How could it be anything else at this point? We need a lot of patience, like I said, a lot of patience, especially when we still have players coming in. Usman Dembele has been confirmed, like I mentioned, that will change the attack as it was. There is still conversation about Randal Kolomuani, like also I mentioned, and then we have Mbappe and Neymar questions, also Marco Verratti, but we get into all of that in a little bit. But a lot of promise. Against Lorient, there was still no breakthrough, and after 90 minutes and additional time, there were no goals. It was 0-0. But I'm feeling optimistic. This was one of the most fascinating scoreless draws that I can remember. Uh, Patience is definitely needed. I can't say that enough. A a lot of it. We have a new coach and an interesting statistic is also that PSG is the first team since Opta started to analyze these types of statistics to attempt more than 1000 passes in a match. Uh, The dominance was very clear, but let's name some names. Manuel Ugarte is one of the new players, the defensive midfielder, and what a match he had. Uh, That number six role in the bottom of our midfield has been an issue for a long time, and now there seems to be an excellent solution for it. It was really good, and most of all, he was absolutely everywhere. I coach kids, my son's team, a little, even if I'm looking for a more peripheral role, but they play eight against eight currently, and what I always say to the midfielder is to make it difficult for the opponent. You, You can't always stop 
taught them, certainly not necessarily alone, but to slow them down and make it as difficult as possible. And Manuel Ugarte was giving an excellent example of that against Lorient. Incredible pressing and work ethic. I, I really liked it a lot. And to me, he was the man of the match, actually. But solid matches also by Lee Kangin, Warren Sir Emery, Danilo and Skriniar in defense played really well. And Lucas Hernandez showed a good positive display as well as a left back. Hakimi? Hakimi is perhaps better suited for back three, more in a wing-back role, and he made many uncharacteristic errors in this match. He didn't have a good evening, and if I was him, I'd be quite mindful with the competition that is about to arrive once Norde Mukiele is back in health in a couple of weeks or so, whenever he will be match-ready, but not only might he be more suitable for the back four formation, his work ethic tends to be superior to Hakimi, so that's something that we have to see where the chips fall, but of course, healthy competition might also improve Hakimi, and we know he is a great player on his day. That's not the question, just need to get the best out of everyone, and he, of course, will have to face his own off-pitch demons and accusations, so is he even a player we really want in the squad? I don't know, because the process is still ongoing. Makinio started on the bench. Luis Enrique was asked about this and playing Danilo both as captain but also as the central defender in a starting lineup. In the post-match press conference, he said as follows. Based on what I have seen this week, Marquinhos has struggled physically. Danilo had very good game. Marquinhos is a very important player in getting the ball going, so he will play this season. I need 20 players and not 11 to win everything. It has to be said that if Enrique prefers back four with two centre-backs, so when Nuno Mendes is Back, we will have Lucas Hernandez, Milan Skriniar, Marquinhos, Danilo, and in a few months also Presnel Kimbembe, who by the way turns 28 years old today on Sunday, as I record our Titi Parisien. But there will be a tough competition to be the chosen two, and perhaps there will be quite a bit of rotation, which would also help, of course, with the long season. But the role of Marquinhos hasn't been under the same pressure in many, many years as it is now. He did come on the pitch at 82nd minute and it was fine. But of course, it's very natural to have some questions asked about this whole thing. Last final observation from this match is that the ultras were in full effect, which is so great to see. And they were behind the team and creating atmosphere that is not an easy one to match. There were reports that they were being monitored by drones and this could have been keeping an eye on the Olympics next year. They, they of course, denounced being the Kinebics, which I fully understand. And also towards the end, a small message to Lucas Hernandez by way of showing a banner. We all make mistakes and being born in Marseille is one. Well, we don't really get to choose where we are born, uh, but this was to acknowledge, of course, that we are all aware of some of his previous pro-Marseille statements, but my interpretation of this is that we move on from those, and I doubt that this will cause any further problems or comments, certainly if the performances are solid. Kylian Bappen, the gift and the curse, a threat or an opportunity. We have talked a lot about this young man in this show and in general during the summer, and I have been unimpressed by his chosen strategy, but in a usual suspect style plot twist, I don't even know what's been happening all along. Was this all a plan all along? Could it be as bizarre as that, or is this just a result of chaos? 
I don't know, but he has now been reportedly reintegrated in the first team training squad after he indicated that he is committed to PSG. Whatever that means. But Nasser Al-Khalifi talked with Mbappe this morning on Sunday, and that's been seen as a step towards an agreement which would mean Mbappe could not leave for free next summer. Essentially, my understanding is that what they are discussing is an extension until 2025 with a clause that would ensure that he will be sold next summer if he still feels like going. I mean, minds are changing all the time, so who knows what next summer is going to bring. Uh, but there are many questions about all this. Is this all just delaying the inevitable? Is that just postponing what we can't change? And and more than that, will the same circus be inescapable next summer? Do we really have to live through another summer of dealing with the past keeping us from the future? Well, we don't know. That's the answer. Perhaps this is something that we can't change. And good to keep in mind that there's no final breakthrough yet in this conversation. Kiliana was there in the player stand at Park chatting and laughing with his friend Usman Dembele. The whole family was there, Ethan and Wilfried Mbappe, as well as the mother agent Faisal Amari. Uh, Kilian also went to the locker room, so it seems that something has shifted in these dynamics. It has also been reported that internally Kilian Pape is pushing for arrival of Fernando Silva. Whether that can or can't happen, that's not entirely in our hands. But the fact that this is happening, if the reports are to be trusted, is quite telling, really. Do I want the best football player in the world to play for Paris? Yes, I do. Do I want this drama over and over again? No, I don't. Is it worth having Pape for an extra season in Paris if he will leave in one year? Well, that's a more complicated question because one year is a long time and should Pape do this again to Real Madrid? I don't even know what point they will say that, okay, this is enough because this is the dynamic they can also expect from him. On top of a world-class player, he is not easy to handle. So what if he goes there to Madrid, but after a few seasons, this same dance starts in the Spanish capital. Mbappe has said he wants to play there, or it has been said that this has been his dream since childhood, but what if few seasons are enough? He has already shown everyone time and time again that he plays by his own rules, and sometimes his rules can cause a great disturbance in the group dynamics. Also, his financial requirements start to be so unbelievably unless he starts taking significant pay cuts that Something has got to give eventually because soon only Saudi Arabia can afford him, but I can't see him entertaining that possibility in the next several years. I mean, he already said no to the outrageous offer that was reported from that side earlier this summer. Earlier in the week, there was an interview with the president of uh, the collective Ultras Paris, Romain Mabi, and uh, when he said that the Ultras haven't yet decided what their view on this situation is, I, I thought, well played, Killian. Well played, because if the Ultras are in his end, uh, this will make the situation all the more difficult for the club. So while everything is still up in the air, certainly at the time I'm recording, we have to wait and see. I repeat myself here, but... I'm not happy with his conduct and I'm absolutely exhausted by this all. But part of me is also quite excited if we can find a workable solution, even if that was only to repeat the same circus in 12 months. 
He is a man of mystery, a great football player, of course, who is pushing the envelope, not just on the pitch, but also in the business side of it all. And I wonder, will he just at some point crash into the wall of reality and what's possible because his price range rules out almost every club in the world. And he has created this image that he's fairly high maintenance player, a great player, but in a team sport, he certainly is able to take over and this can be at the expense of the collective. When he scores key goals in key matches, it's wonderful, but it comes at a price, both financial as well as emotional. The main relief to me personally is if we can just avoid the whole benching Bappe for the whole season situation, because I suspect that would come with the pressures we haven't even seen before. It would create a global outcry that we really can live without, and Qatar should know this, if you want to improve the image of your country, this is not the way to do it. Now, the very latest news are that the two parties have found an agreement in principle and continue with a possible compulsory sale clause for next summer, or whether compulsory is the right term, I don't know, but basically if he wants out, he gets out. PSG has been building the squad Bappe wanted all along. His friends Dembele and Hernandez have been signed. We have possibly one of the most exciting young number nines as a target man and two players who he reportedly was not so hot on have been put on the transfer list. Neymar Jr. and Marco Verratti, arguably two of the most technically gifted footballers we have had for years. I must say that against Lorient, we could have definitely used them to break through the deadlock, especially Neymar could have scored, given an assist or forced a penalty, but... They were not on the team sheet and the official version, which I doubt anyone really believed, is that they had some sort of a mysterious virus, perhaps the virus of the transfer list. Verratti has been leaning towards Saudi Arabia for some time during the summer and Neymar was open to go to Barcelona, but they, of course, don't have the type of funds that are required. A somewhat laughable attempt to get him for free was short-lived and now it seems that in the absence of Alternatives, he's warming up to the Saudi money as well. The, the sheer quality of these two players is only dented by their recurring absences and questions have been asked about their lifestyles. They are the two party boys of the squad, that seems pretty clear, but on pitch, if you set aside Verratti's poor last season, I have always been very happy with them both. And if they are now heading away, I, I hope that we can get a reasonable transfer fees and a nice send off for both. Not sure how the ultras feel about this, but I for one take my hat off in gratitude for what they have given us on the pitch, especially Marco Verratti, who goes down in history as a player with the second most matches played with our shirt on, although he will be soon taken over by Marquinhos, but more than 400 matches for Paris isn't a joke. And without Neymar, we would not have tasted the Champions League final and we would have had at least one Europa League campaign in 2020-2021 when we actually went all the way to the semifinals in the Champions League. But without Neymar, we would have been comfortably third in the group stage at the end that season, ended up with one of the better runs for our club. So that's something to remember. There's time for everything and this is the time to look forward, but without the past, we don't have the future, let alone present. So I'm thankful to these players for what they have given us through sickness and health. Is this the way they should be leaving our club? 
if the reports are true, Marco Verratti has been open to change, so that seems fairly unproblematic, but Neymar is essentially pushed out of the club. Is he pushed out because of something that Mbappe has suggested? Well, there's a temptation to read it like this, but he, of course, is a very expensive player in terms of salaries, and his contract is very long, and he's often injured, so an equal argument can be made that if he's not sold now, how much more difficult it will be with every passing season when he's one year older. And it's unfortunate that the only realistic options to him seems to be in the Saudi league, but that's not something I can do much about. Players of this caliber and this pay rate will find themselves with this issue. We haven't seen this before, but this is the new time, I think. And like I said before, Killian himself might find this in front of him unless they just settle with a lot less money. At the time of recording, neither Neymar nor Verratti have left, and Bappe hasn't extended, so next week might be an historical one. Before we leave, we have some wonderful news from Spain, and that is that Sergio Rico is to be released from hospital this coming week. That is the report. His family has even been informed that there is a possibility that he could still play football again. Now, he might not play that football in our colors, but... This is really great news either way, and we continue to send our support to him. I hope he can eventually come to Parc de Princes to receive some love, and I hope he has seen all the messages of encouragement there have been for him. This is all for now. The season has started, and there is a lot of optimism in the air. We genuinely have a new identity, and of course it takes a moment for things to click, but I'm not doubting if they will. I'm sure we will have something very interesting in store, but like I said, patience. Patience, patience, my friend. I also don't doubt that the next week will be busy and I'm sure there will be big news coming, whether it's departures or arrivals, or both. Leandro Paredes should be close to AS Roma, according to reports. Diallo is close to joining Qatar League, and I trust a few others might also be on the list, and I'm not just talking about Marco and Neymar either. Usman Dembele will be fully integrated with the squad and our front line against Toulouse next Saturday could be Mbappe, Ramos and Dembele, which of course is pretty good when I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I mean, we don't know if it's going to be that, but it could be that. A quick mention also that our young star on loan in Leipzig, Savi Simon started his duties in Germany by beating Bayern 3-0 and winning the German Super Cup, kind of like a Trophée de Champions for us. My name is Mikko and this is PSG Review. Thanks for having spent this moment with me and more next time. In the meantime, you can follow me online at PSG Helsinki on Instagram and Twitter and do subscribe, rate, review and share PSG Review if that feels like something you'd be up for. Take care of yourselves and the ones around you. Remember to breathe. Peace. <laughs>